Next Tuesday, the 30th of January, TNT Sports at 11pm. That documentary football is for everyone. I really liked Michael Owen, really liked James. They were very, very kind. Took time to take a call this morning, but they were sharing a phone. <laughs> Obviously the horse, oh, no, I'm only joking. They're doing really well, but that was uh, they don't want to give you your number, you see. They give you the PR number, so you were talking to the PR on the PR phone. As you made your way through the morning routine, you probably didn't give much thought to maybe making other choices. When you turned left, or did you turn right as you came out of the driveway? That can be how you're going to end your day, or drastic measure that might end up your life, upend your life uh, completely. Well, my guest this morning has written about that other life, a journey of self-discovery that's far from typical. Cathy Sweeney is the author of Breakdown and she joins me live in the studio this morning. Good morning, Cathy. Good morning, Shay. Thank yeah. you. No, thank you for being here as well. I have your book in front of me. It's called Breakdown. Um, there's a picture of a, a cafe table with a lonely cup of tea on it, um, which maybe gives a little bit of the insight into what we're going to be, be talking about this morning. You're, um, you're the author of the piece. Um, the book is about lots of different things, but you might give us an idea. Uh, about what sure. the story and the main character. When I was um, thinking about uh, writing a novel and writing fiction, uh, this narrator very much uh, came into my head and I, I, I suddenly had this mental image um, of a woman who was quite typical and every woman in some way who was middle-aged, 50, middle-class, lived in South Dublin and had, on the surface, a very nice life. And in some ways not just on the surface, but for one reason or another that, in fact, even she may not comprehend. She gets into her car one morning and she's just kind of fed up. She thinks maybe she'll just have a sick day, ring in work, drive to a shopping centre, get her hair done, have a cup of coffee, and she never comes back. And I had the full mental image of that and... I just had to work on that kind of process, that, that, that fiction writing process, to create this novel breakdown, which I wanted ultimately uh, this narrator to have an experience whereby from being quite absorbed with herself and her personal life and her husband and her family and her job and her friend, and that she moves out into this kind of drift on almost unintentionally finds herself in service station cafes, ferry terminals, on the ferry at night, in a strange hotel, all the time thinking that she will go home, but psychologically moving very far away from that psychic space. Uh, that I wanted this to be a woman who ultimately understood herself as an individual in a world where in fact there were many signs of things breaking down and certainly not just her own story of herself. One of the things that struck me when I read the book was that the start and her life, her life in, in terms of we might think looking from the outside looks pretty good. She's got the two children who are high achievers. She's got the husband who has a job. She's a professional herself. She's a teacher, an art teacher. Um, she has the nice house with the kitchen extension with the centre island in the middle, probably painted grey with kind of porcelain tiles and folding back doors. So she's got what some people might think uh, is the dream life. But there's a moment in time where it seems to all break down. And, and, the, and that, forgive me for making the analogy, but and, and maybe it's, it's a male thing. It reminded me of The Matrix uh, with Keanu Reeves, where he suddenly sees the real world. And there's a moment, I just it seems to break down there's a turning point somewhere at the start and then it seems to break down. 
I actually quite like that analogy. So thank you. Um, I've always been impressed with many other writers, but when you said the word dream, I thought of of of, of J.G. Ballard and that idea that the world we live in is so real, and yet his experience uh, through uh, the beginning of the Second World War as a child showed that you know a, a world can be a dream world, and that can happen quite quite rapidly. Now we don't go into that territory in the novel breakdown. But what we do see is a woman who's moving out of herself and into this consideration of the landscape all around her, other people, other people's lives, uh, the environment, um, society, politics and so on. Um, But she does have a very good life. And uh, it was important to me in writing the book that, yes, she exits that life, but she may very easily not have. Um, So in some ways... What I'm exploring here is story um, and perhaps uh, that within this society where stories are so ubiquitous and they're advertised, you know, so so powerfully to us, uh, perhaps this woman just felt that ultimately her story had become so narrow and claustrophobic and that she was servicing the story of her life and not the life itself. And she created this life for herself and she was the author of it, really. She she made the choices along the way and she admits that. Um, and then she realises they're, they're maybe they're not the right choice. It's funny, it's it's interesting that you say that she may have made a decision to, to, to turn back uh, such. But there are a number of points within the story where she had the opportunity to turn back and actually considered it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that what I want to express with the character in Breakdown is this idea that n- not all choices are... Uh, sort of right or wrong choices that sometimes they're extremely circumstantial. Um, And at at many points, yes, uh, she's carrying around within her, as many of us are, the lives we're living, but also the lives we may have had. Um, And I think that uh, this is what is um, um, affecting her as she kind of moves almost against her will into deeper and deeper reckoning uh, with the fact that perhaps the choices that she made were far more prescribed by stories within society than choices that had come from her core. It's it's peppered with great humour, by the way. There's some thank very, you, thank there's you. Some very funny, and I don't want to I don't want to to break. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but you might just give us. Could, could you tell us about where she goes? Or sure, I don't yeah. want to do it. So yeah. we do do it. Sure, um, and I'm glad you picked up on the humour because um, she she's not an instantly uh, delightful character. She's quite sarky um, and uh, she's quite dark. Um, and also this is a novel uh, that is looking at interior monologues. So there's no filter on this woman at all. Um, and in Breakdown, she moves from, as I've said, this kind of like uh, typical morning in suburban Dublin. Um, and she heads like the wrong way. In other words, she heads, heads south on the motorway rather than towards the city. And literally then she just service station, shopping centre, hairdressers, cafe. She has a drink with a stranger in a pub. She gets a train. She ends up in Ross Lair. She gets a ferry all the time, as you say, at these points where she, she may very easily have turned back. But something within her, I think, is looking for this space where she can uh, just feel a little bit more closer to herself or some sort of authenticity. Um, but also, I think one of the things that's happening is that the the reckoning that she's doing 
in this drift time where there isn't a to-do list, where suddenly her, she's free, you know, her sort of her, her, her body, herself, her mind are roaming over her past and particularly perhaps some unprocessed grief regarding her mother's death or issues going all the way back to her early childhood, her teens. And in some ways, the boundaries are breaking down and she's certainly moving further and further and further away from that woman who lived in the suburbs. I, I There's particular parts... I, I, there's loads of parts we could talk about. I don't want to break. I don't want again. Again, I don't want to be uh, do any spoilers. I'm renowned for spoilers, so I have to be fair, careful. But there's um, there's some great points that where she's just sick of being nice. Where everybody <laughs> expects like this woman of a certain age with a certain background to be nice. And she's yeah. like, do you know what? I'm sick of being nice. I think that uh, with that, obviously, it's provocative. But when I set out to write the novel, I wanted to have a, a female protagonist that wasn't instantly likable, uh, simply because there are so many male protagonists similar to that. And I, I wanted to kind of um, very much um, move into into that zone where she wouldn't be necessarily the easiest read. Um, and I wanted the book to read like a report from experience. And so there was there was no point then putting a filter on her. Um, and also I wanted her to be a little bit outrageous and humorous and dark. And I hope by the end of it, very, very human. There's a, a, so spoiler, but there's one particular, there's a number of texts come in from the children. She admits quite early on that she tells the husband that she, Tom, she's going to, she's leaving, but she keeps getting texts from her daughter. <laughs> Early in the story, is it okay to see? Would you want to? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, well, it, it, I suppose what I again because it's a contemporary text, uh, so much of our life life is online, and these texts come in punctuating our day. And um, yeah, I'm going a little bit too far with this, of course. And and uh, but she's getting texts about don't forget to pick up. We're out of soya milk and. <laughs> And, and all the other, you know, sort of she's, banalities she's of life are, are, are leaking in. And, and in some ways, the texts, I think they are, um, they're, they're trivial. And yet they're also, they're also very much a reminder of just how perhaps reductive communication can be. She persistently gets a text from her daughter or keeps ringing her, ringing her, ringing her and eventually she tells her that a special offer is running out. Yeah. You're leaving home, making huge decisions in her life that's possibly never going home again and she's getting these texts and thinking, oh, she's worried about me. She must miss me. The special yeah. offer on the watch is running out. Yeah, absolutely, Shay. Um, and as the woman uh, travels on in th- through this kind of a breakdown scenario, uh, I think a lot of the reckoning that she does is about her own parenting and has how authentic that has been, or has it has she been following sort of the rules of what is expected of a good mother, and also I suppose you know much more terrifying in some ways has she been trying to perform the role of good mother rather than actually understanding or listening to her own children? So the, it starts out this woman is like really really full of rage and she is just having a bad day um and i think it ends in quite a different place she as i say she she decides to change her life and she ends up in another country not too far away she ends up rosslair so we can kind of guess that's either france or england anyway she ends up in a different place but there's a thread which runs through it about alcohol yeah about wine and yeah. really about medicating yourself 
Yeah, I wanted that to be there because um, I want I wanted the novel to move from the personal into this larger society, very much tracing um, this literature back that looks at the individual, but within the context of society. And uh, that was very important to me that many people are seeing their own issues as extremely personal, happening only within their own homes. Um, And that can uh, bring guilt and even in 21st century Ireland, shame. When in fact, I feel that many, many of the issues, whether it's medicating with alcohol or whether it is poor communication or whether it's much more serious issues, they're actually societal um, as well as personal and that kind of those concentric circles that move out from the individual into the wider space, potentially conversations around that, which is what I hope the novel will provoke, can lead to more solidarity, I hope. It's it's quite short as well, um, 217 pages. Yeah. Um, but it packs a lot in. And you use interesting devices as well. One of the things that annoys me in the falling down moment, in the Michael Douglas falling down moment, are signs in restaurants, signs everywhere. It's signs, don't open this, close that, open that, special offer. I'm just sick of it. But punctuated throughout the book are signs that she's obviously seeing everywhere she goes, uh, telling her what to do. Yeah, I think I think that that's the world that, uh, that we all move through. And uh, there is a kind of, it's out the corner of our eye. We may see it or we may not see it. But, but this kind of text and image is everywhere it's it's constantly clouding our vision and uh, I was only recently in the supermarket and I made some mistake at the uh, self-checkout and the um, <laughs> the the message coming at me was help is coming help is coming <laughs> and I was really raging that I didn't put that into the novel or perhaps write a whole new novel called help is coming <laughs> I took I took notes as I read by the way and I put page numbers beside them and lots there are some great lines uh, in it as well. Uh, one of the things she 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 mentions, and it's it's something a theme I've heard before as well. She just wants to feel something, and there are moments with her husband where maybe he, there could have been a reconciliation, maybe there could have been some going back, but she she quickly realizes that she was just maybe longing for something in the past. Yeah, uh, it was also important to me when I wrote uh, the novel um, Shay that this wasn't a woman fleeing a bad marriage as such. This is a woman in a, a perfectly functioning marriage. And this wasn't a woman running towards a lover. Um, so the reckoning is, is you know, it's, it's outside of those kind of two parameters that often, that often exist in, in the, this, this kind of like m- woman mo- leaving home kind of novel. Um, but yes, I think the, the relationship with the husband, I, mean, I think I'd describe it as she feels as if it has been... You know, packaged, frozen and thawed out again. It has become extremely stale. It has become sort of stuck. Uh, and uh, some of that, I feel, is the performance of the relationship within the social context of what's expected. Um, and in many ways, what she is desiring and perhaps what many people are desiring is just some breaking of the surface of accepted norm. And perhaps if her husband had acted differently. Yes, perhaps they would be back in the house in the suburb. I think lives can go many different ways and sometimes it can be quite slight or inconsequential, um, the moments that can powerfully transfigure someone. 
Is there any hope for us people with mundane lives? <laughs> <laughs> for the, the Netflix and Chinese on a Saturday night and the... Uh, I wouldn't knock the Netflix and Chinese on a Saturday the night. Extra, the extra bottle of wine that you shouldn't have opened. Then you realise you came down this too. I wonder why my head is so sore. <laughs> no, I, I think this is, uh, this is a novel of ideas. Um, it's not a polemic and uh, if it stirs a bit of conversation, wonderful. People are asking as well. There's lots of nice texts coming in about you, but they're asking as well that you're not a first-time author. You're, you 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 were um, you were a teacher, and you decided that you could make you could actually make a living out of being an author, which is a very brave step, by the way, as well. But you you published a series of short or a book of short stories before this. Yeah, no, I never remember having that decision, Shay, at all. But <laughs> one of these days, maybe I was um, I was writing for ten years while I was teaching, um, and I was writing short stories and. I never wrote them with the idea of publication to the forefront as a publication happened because I had enough stories. Um, and uh, before the short story collection was published, Modern Times, the idea for a novel breakdown came to me. Um, and I just, re- it, it, it's, it's quite simple for me. Um, I'm quite obsessional. If I get into a project, I knew that I would have to uh, give everything to the novel. Um, so that the teaching that I moved out of teaching, but very much like the protagonist in Breakdown, um, it wasn't necessarily the most conscious decision. It was just the way it went for me. And isn't life a bit like that? Isn't People it? Ask if you got a plan, <laughs> we were talking about plans earlier. I don't have a plan. I'm just falling from one thing to the next. And make I think it's not the it worst way to be. Yeah, not the worst way to be. I think when we narrow ourselves too much into goals and to do lists, uh, that perhaps we're we're we're, we're missing. All the beauty that is, <laughs> as Philip Larkin said, in the shade. Brilliant. You're right, actually, and talking about the list very quickly, there's one paragraph of ors, or, or, or you might have this, or you might have this. Look, I really enjoyed the book. Thank you, Thank Kathy you Sweeney. Thank you so much. The book is called Breakdown. It's out now uh, and it's available in all good bookstores. 